What's up, guys? My name's Anthony Sosa, and this is As an Artist, a local famous record podcast about local artists, their art, the creative process, and the local scene. On this episode, we have Jeremy Nelson, my good friend and drummer from Hufford, longtime music lover and musician. We had a lot of fun. This was a very insightful conversation. Uh, we kind of Jeremy's was coming of age into music right as the early 90s grunge scene was becoming a thing. So we spent quite a bit of time talking about Soundgarden and Pearl Jam and really like how they impacted his life. Uh, we talk about kind of Seattle grunge in general. We talk about Hum, uh, his favorite band. We talk about his first show experience, which was an early rage show. That's a cool, cool, uh, cool thing we get into. We talk about Travail in the Fort Worth scene, among other things. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this conversation that we had. And then at the end, uh, I will introduce the track that we recorded together before Huffer broke up. So without further ado, here is the interview. So, okay, I've got my buddy here with me, Jeremy Nelson. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm all right. I'm a little congested, but we'll uh, we'll make it through. Sweet, sweet. Well, um, I know a little bit about you, but I don't think our listeners are going to know perhaps what I do. So why don't we start from the from the beginning? I know that sounds cliche, but like, where where are you at? When did you start getting into music, and what kind of music were you getting into? um from the beginning yeah the beginning like the beginning the beginning yeah okay um well um i guess my uh, earliest recollection of just being introduced to music and and actually paying some attention to it was uh, when i was a, a you know when i was a child i had, I had older siblings um namely my, my two older brothers. Uh, and we, you know, when I was a child, they still lived with me for a little while. And, um, I remember they were really big, uh, you know, fans of kiss, hmm. um, rush, uh, you know, bands like that. So I, I, I queen. So my, those are my earliest memories, uh, of listening to music and, and, you know, just picking up on little things and, um, just kiss posters lining their bedroom walls. And, um, uh, you know, my, my brother Jeff would bring home, um, LPs and, and cassettes, uh, like, uh, rat out of the cellar, oh, nice. twisted sister, um, purple rain. All right. Nice. Um, and we, um, you know, and we, we, I'd sit down and listen to it with them. I, I was pretty amazed by some of it just, you know, cause my parents didn't listen to that, you know? So it was kind of like, Ooh, you know, I'm, you know, yeah. Listening to what my older brother's listening to, so it's kind of um, appealing in that sense. And, um, but so, so I got into music early, early on. Like when I was really young, I started having some sort of, um, I guess, interest in it uh, on my own as well. And uh, as early as as like the third grade, I remember uh, sometime around third grade, I think I was. Uh, I discovered Appetite for Destruction. Oh, nice! And wow. um, yeah, GNR Appetite for Destruction, and and that really did something to me. Um, what is that? Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Okay. Yep. Uh huh. And um, it was probably around like eighty eight when I gotcha. came across. You know, yeah. like they like heard it and was listening to it. I, my neighbor had it, and uh, he was a few years older than me, and and. We would listen to it. Um, my mom really didn't like, she didn't approve of, you know, stuff like that. Gotcha. So uh, I, I kind of had to listen to it uh, um, when I could um, and when she really wasn't listening. Um, so, but but that, I guess that attitude or that um, that feeling of recklessness or, 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 you know decadence that you get from that mm. type of music that it 
I don't know, it caused some sort of spark in me. It's just like, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to be listening to this, but uh, I don't want to stop because it's <laughs> something about it's it's really cool. It's awesome. It's exciting. And and so I I, I fell in love with with you know heart. I, I guess what you would say, hard rock or or okay. metal of that time. Mm. And um, so stuff like that. Um, and and you know just whatever else you know at the time that that. Uh, my brothers were listening to, but, um, and then sometime along, I guess maybe sometime around like the fifth grade, um, started really buying my own music. And, and, um, at the time we were buying cassettes and, uh, that kind of shows my age a little bit, but like, you know, cassettes and CDs were soon to come like the next year or so, like six, my sixth grade year. But, um, that at that time, uh, I, I think is when I kind of stumbled upon, um, well, not really stumbled upon. We we had MTV. MTV was on basic cable at that point, mm. and that's when they actually played music videos. Yeah, and yeah. and so I would sit around, you know, all day waiting for whatever you know, uh, cool videos would come on, and and so I uh, discovered Pearl Jam. And that kind of took me in a, in a little bit of a different direction as far as my, my interests. And, and I hadn't, you know, at that point, we really hadn't heard anything like that. You know, yeah, music so. was really changing. So is this, was this 91? This is, yeah, this is right around like 91. We were getting all this glam out of the glam metal and the, the hair metal into, into like what, what would be called, I don't know, grunge, yeah. alternative, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, but Pearl Jam 10 really, kind of shook me what was it about it like was it eddie's voice like what was it it was it was eddie's voice it was the i guess just the 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 mystery of like what it was about you know his lyrics were okay who the hell knows what they were about you know i I think (laughs) especially on that album um I think that he was really just um if you know anything about that record and 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 so I don't. Um, I don't know much about it actually. Just, just briefly. I mean, it, it was really. I don't want to say thrown together, but with him, it was thrown together. Mm. Uh, they had kind of recently formed Pearl Jam out of uh, what was Mother Love Bone. Their their singer uh, from Mother Love Bone had uh, died of an overdose. They had they hadn't been playing music for a while. They decided to get back together and start writing some music. And they had some material, some rough material, and they decided to ask this guy, Eddie Vetter, to to sing. Um, and and they moved him up to Seattle. Blah blah blah. Long story. Um, but he came in and he threw down vocals on these tracks in like a matter of like a week. Oh, I, th- wow. I think they played. I think he lived there for like a week or two, or or they were, had been writing for like a week or two, and they played their first show. Mm. Uh, so it was, a, it was a pretty crazy thing, and. Um, but all that to say, um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like he spent months writing out these, you know, real elaborate, thought out Mm -hmm. lyrics. Yeah, it just came out. Right. And while they were still intimate, you know, for him, Mm -hmm. uh, but they, they weren't very, you know, they weren't very, I don't want to say maybe not cohesive or, or understandable. I don't mm-hmm. know. So the mystery of like what it was all about, okay. you know, like what's he okay. saying? Like, what's this song about? Who knows? I don't know. But it, I don't know. Just something about that was really cool. Um, just to, to, to think, you know, music doesn't have to, or a song doesn't necessarily have to be about something mm-hmm. to be appealing. Yeah. And that was kind of cool. It, it almost opened things up a little bit. You know, like as yeah. far as as musical interests go, and and just thinking, there's a whole world of stuff out here that isn't, you know, uh, pop or 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 geared towards some sort of, um, I don't I don't know purpose of sure whatever yeah, yeah. you know no exactly but um, and then through them uh, I discovered Soundgarden, mm-hmm. and again. I mean, uh, as far as influences go, um, even to this day, Soundgarden is probably one of my biggest musical influences. Uh, Matt Cameron, obviously on drums, uh, amazing, you know, amazing drummer, um, standout drummer, and just very influential to the way 
that I look at drumming and, and the way I approach drumming. Um, but yeah, so um, bands like that kind of, you know, through through certain phases or, or years, you know, uh, in our adolescence, you you'll go through these certain phases where you'll you'll like you may like a variety of different things, but there's certain niches that you kind of stick to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as I as I mentioned, like you know, appetite for destruction and and that kind of stuff, and then going in, you know, a few years later, kind of going into that you know grunge alternative whatever whatever you want to call it but that that whole sound kind of it started to shape me and and my, and my interest and things like that and so uh they were a big big part of that um and then into uh middle school you know i would start to explore all kind you know and all kinds of stuff i mean um did you have like friends that were like introducing you to new things or was it still your older brothers at this point? No, at this point, like... my brothers were out of the house. It, it was more me finding out about things on my own. And where were you at again? This was in Birmingham, okay. Alabama. So okay. not a huge. Yeah, and, and again, I'm, I'm young, you know, so it's mm-hmm. not like I'm going out to clubs or anything yeah. like that. You know, yeah. only way we discovered music was the radio or MTV. That was it. I mean, and, and, and yes, you know, you go to your friend's house and they might show you something that 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 they've heard that you haven't but again they're finding music the same way you are yeah so there wasn't a whole lot of um you know knowledge of like underground music or anything at that point yeah uh it was really just you know the the stuff that we hear through the mainstream or or whatever that that was kind of you know relevant at the time um it you know so uh, again any any anywhere from you know, Soundgarden to um, even some of the old, you know, like classic rock that that I did grow up listening to, and uh, any it, so all like the what, way to what like, classic rock, like Zeppelin or like... I, I really so more at the time more like Queen. Okay, okay, you said that earlier. right, okay. Queen. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, things like that. Um, I, I did later. I did really get into Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, uh, you know, and, and bands like that, but. Uh, that was more on my own mm-hmm. and, and kind of discovering that on my own. But, um, yeah, my other brother was like big into like foreigner. Okay. You know, like yeah. bad, bad company. Gotcha. So that, that, gotcha. That, that, that type of classic. I, I did. I think like that. Bands so, too. <laughs> you know, so, <clears throat> um, you know, and then obviously, you know, I had, um, hip hop acts that I like, you know, like the, at the, I think at that time the chronic had come out, you know, Dr. Dre the Chronic. Uh, so that okay. was huge, huge, uh, uh, you know, when I was that age. So, okay. So were you in, I guess you haven't mentioned like hip hop before mm-hmm. that. Was mm-hmm. this like your introduction to like rap and hip hop through the Chronic or was? So uh, I guess a little prior to that, prior to that, um, I, I had a friend in the neighborhood that introduced me to NWA. Okay. Nice. You know, and I, I had seen uh, and heard some hip hop on, on, MTV and things like that. And then uh, a little bit on the radio, but nothing that really stood out to me, like nothing that really smacked me in the face. Like, like that <laughs> first time that you hear NWA, you yeah. know, like that, I, I couldn't believe that these people were saying what they're saying on, on record. You know, yeah. it's like, wow, how do they do, you know, how, how are they getting away with this? So, and again, it was kind of forbidden. We weren't supposed to listen to stuff like that, you know, we're kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that did stick with me. And then, you know, I, into like middle school and, 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 and hearing all those, those other records come out like the chronic or Snoop Dogg doggy style, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did gravitate towards that as well. And there was just a lot of appeal, you know, from like just lyrical content and, and just being, I guess, intrigued by a culture that, you know, I really, yeah. I didn't grow up the way those people grew up. And so it was fascinating to me. It was a different world. It was a yeah. world that I, I hadn't seen or didn't really know anything about. So yeah. I wanted to know. Yeah. You know, what are you, what are, you ta- what are these guys talking so, about? Like, what is, let me, so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Like, was mm-hmm. there in Alabama at that time, <laughs> uh-huh. like a, like a subculture of like young white boys, like listening to rap? absolutely okay absolutely because there was in burleson where i grew up like, yeah for sure that was a few years later but like 
I totally recognize that too. I didn't know if that was like across the South like I, a thing I, or honestly. And, and I, I mean, I can only speak for where I lived obviously, sure. but, but from what I know, you know, uh, of people I've met, um, throughout my life. Yeah. I mean, I think that was everywhere. Yeah. And watching documentaries on, you know, music like that and, and, and that, that time period and, and these records, that were I think there was a huge, um, I think there was a lot of like suburban white kids yeah. listening to this stuff because of this, probably the same reason that I just gave you. It's, mm -hmm. it's like, whoa, we didn't, mm -hmm. you know, what is this other world that we don't, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. what we want to know about this is it's interesting. And it's, um, it's, uh, there's, I guess some, I don't want to say, I don't want to say catchy, yeah. but like, I was going to say, it's weird. I, mean, I was going to say like, I, my introduction was later with Eminem, but it wasn't. I remember now, like it wasn't NWA, but my mom, my mom like loves listening to like, uh, a bunch of like R and B music from the eighties, like Bobby Brown type stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Rick James, that type of stuff. Yeah. Boys to Men, you know, all that stuff was in. So like, I kind of heard that side of it, like the less aggressive side. Um, but then Salt and Pepper. I remember having Salt and Pepper's first record in, <laughs> yeah. my, in like fourth grade, and like those lyrics were explicit. And like I memorized those on, you know, set them on the playground, not knowing what they actually meant sure. you know, or anything, right? But I'm sorry, I just that's totally off off. No, no, no topic but like yeah i same thing like that was you know i i, I thought it was really cool because it was something that i was unfamiliar with you know? so I, I, I obviously i i heard those songs or records as well it didn't grab me though like like some of the more extreme mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know music did um it, it didn't captivate me i guess as much but um but yeah so you know not to um get stuck on that but like Again, it was just a wide variety of music yeah. by that age that gotcha. I was really kind of like trying to explore everything. I like, you know, I liked a little bit of all of it. And um, I mean, even in like, I remember even in sixth grade and um, I remember owning a couple of Garth Brooks CDs. Yeah. You know, yeah. And like I loved, loved them, you know. Yeah, and, and so it really, I those really. First two. Rope, yeah. rope in the wind and no fences, but no, I'll get down yeah. on some of those. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're, they're great records and they still, oh, yeah. you know, but, but that just kind of goes to show like when you're, I, I don't know, I, I, I just really had a, I, I really had an urge to, to find out about all different types of music. And that's awesome. And I, I guess I found things in all of them that all those genres that I, that I liked and that um, appealed to me and I guess would later influence me um in in my you know creative yeah. way of looking at yeah. music or you know so so when was your first concert like when did you start going to shows and who'd you see my first let's see my first real concert was in 1996 i was 16 and my cousin and i went to see Rage Against the Machine. Oh, my God. That was my first <laughs> concert. It was at this place called Sloss Furnace in Birmingham. Wow. And it was just them. There was no supporting acts. Um, wow. I remember standing in line for, for tickets, and uh, they were $13. No service fee. Well, I don't know. That might have been with service fee. We paid $13 per ticket. Wow. And, yeah, and we saw Rage Against the Machine. That was on the Evil Empire tour, right? Oh. Right after they put out Evil Empire. And uh, it was a sold out show at Sloss Furnace, and uh, which is a pretty was a pretty big venue. Um, I think they still uh, they're they're doing they're still doing shows there um, called Furnace Fest. Mm. It's a big festival they still do. Anyway, it was a. I mean, I I can't think of a more memorable show than that, and and that was when I was sixteen years old. I mean, wow. that was a long time ago, and I still remember it. And and you know that it was that had a huge impact on me. Know, and and at that age i was like i felt really empowered yeah. by it i mean it's really exciting music anyway it gets your get, you know it's very energetic and it's very um you know it, all those things that that rock or metal or whatever all the all those things do but but the political you know it, it, the politics behind it and, and and those things made me feel 
I, I guess there was it at that age. I wanted to feel like I belonged to something, or like mm-hmm. that. I don't know that that I wanted to believe in something mm-hmm. and 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 things to have purpose. And so I really, you know, that that was a that was really impactful. Um, that band was very impactful, and and um, really just uh, they influenced me, you know as much as any of those bands did so yeah that's definitely for me like timmy c's probably if i had to pick one bass player that's He's like my biggest yeah yeah for sure yeah like i got it yeah it wasn't until 99 until battle for los angeles that i became aware of them um and that was like i think i think it was the summer between eighth grade and ninth grade like when i started playing bass at mm-hmm. the same time yeah uh and so like gorilla radio is one of the first first songs that I, but then after that go back going back and hearing the first record and hearing evil empire going like whoa like, yeah this is even better really yeah. like i think even evil empire is like probably oh if i had to pick you know yeah but yeah a, yeah i've that, that's so cool that you got to see them through did you ever see them again or was nope. that it that was it wow that was it that was it yeah <laughs> yeah and i think the second show i saw which was shortly after that i think i was 17 um i saw uh, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant at the wow. Civic Center in Birmingham. <laughs> yep. Uh, I camped out for those tickets. Um, wow. Yep. And wow. Yep. so that that was a that was a wonderful wonderful experience as well. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, like I said, I think that was when I was like 17, 18 years old. All right. So okay. So seventeen, eighteen. You know, you're listening. You got a, a diverse taste in music into heavy stuff like how would you define what you were into at that time oh man that's i have a real hard time with that because like i said i was listening to so many things it was it was more about like what like what phase was i in okay you know yeah and i think that there were certain bands that stood out at certain moments or or or, or, what are some of those okay so i guess um when I let me let me rewind a little bit actually. Okay. So uh and and when I was 15, I came out here for a summer to visit my sister. Okay. And um there was a night when I was um I was I was sleeping in, in my bed and our AC had gone out midsummer. Okay. Mm. And I just remember laying in bed. I couldn't sleep middle of the night, you know, fuck, I'm sweating, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's, um, you know, just having a really hard time falling asleep, but, I, but I've got the radio on and I'm, I'm listening to, I don't know what it was then. I mean, uh, whatever alternative station or, or whatever it Q102, was. Yeah, Texas sure. best rock and roll. It might've been the, the eagle, eagle or something, or something like that yeah maybe it was the edge it might have been the yeah. edge and i remember um i had this cd you know cassette boombox thing right mm-hmm. and i had a memorex tape in there and every once in a while i would just hear something come on and if it sounded mm-hmm. appealing at the beginning I would hit record. Yeah. You know, and I would I would just record. So this is cassette song. tapes again for the listeners who don't know. That's this right. Is- <laughs> cassette tapes. That's right. You can you could record the radio with them. Yeah. So middle of the night, just listening to random stuff. And this um this band comes on and I don't I don't know what it was. There's there's the opening to it. There's nothing significant about the opening. Uh there is now, you know, obviously, but but then I don't know why, but in the first few seconds, I was like, I just hit record for whatever reason. I, you know, I thought, oh, this this might end up being a cool song, mm-hmm. and um, and it played, and I was just blown away. I was completely mesmerized. I was like, these guys are amazing, and it was um, air supply. <laughs> except, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Were you listening to? Uh, no. So it was um, a band called Hum. And it was stars. It was the only single they ever released. Wow. And but that song would now, you know, that that's my favorite band yeah. all time. Yeah. Hands down. If there's a if if someone asks me what's your favorite band, that's it's hum. Yeah. And I don't I don't have to think about it. I mean, 
that song changed the way I looked at music and, and felt about music. And, and like so many of, you know, the other bands that I've mentioned did before them, but I don't know what it was about them or that song, but it did something to me. I don't know. So I would later, I I would, you know, I kept that cassette and I would listen to that song all the time Mm -hmm. over and over. Right. And for several months. So I come back home after the summer and um, this is my 10th grade year. And I, my girlfriend at the time just got tired of me wearing out that, that, that <laughs> song. Right. Yeah. And so for Christmas, she bought me that CD. I remember, I remember she bought oh, me wow. that. Uh, it's a uh, hum. You'd prefer an astronaut. And along with that CD, she bought me the first corn. Album. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, which that that's a whole other story, but you know, um, but that hum record changed everything. And then uh, obviously they they released another record a few years after, after um, after that one, and I was in love with that. And and then they broke up in '99, mm. and I never got to see them. Right, and I was just, I just thought, well, that sucks. You know, it's my favorite band, and yeah. never got to see them. You know. Um, and then fun, fun, fun fest. I don't m- remember what year it was, I guess. Oh, was it like 2015 or something or 20, no, it was before that. It was 13, probably like 2013. I, they co-headlined with Slayer. Wow. Or, or Slayer that. headline. Yeah. That, I think Garrett went to that. Well, I went and I finally, wow. you know, lifelong dream, you know, like wow. I, I finally got to see them and they did not disappoint. They were incredible they were amazing have they played since then are they still playing they've or? played shows here and there and they um they uh they're from illinois and they will play new year's shows and things mm, like that mm. so um they have played shows but nothing around yeah, this area gotcha. and but they actually released their first record in 23 years um or 22 years something like that uh at the end of um, 2019, and it's a wonderful, perfect record, and it's it's amazing, awesome. And um, but but that if if I had to say that if, if there's one band that has influenced not only my my you know like what I like to listen to, but um, the way I look at, uh, the way I approach writing music, that's the band. Gotcha. That's okay. The band. So let's get into that. Like okay. how, so when did you start writing music and what, what, what for, was it just yourself or was it a project you were with? Who were you doing? Would you collaborate? What was that? What was that process like? Uh, in high school, uh, I, you know, I would mess around in the garage with some friends. I, I would play drum. I was, I was terrible. Uh, but I would mess around on, behind a drum kit. Um, I had a friend that, that just wanted to just play loud noise. We were listening to like Sonic Youth and mm. and and stuff like that, Helmet and bands like that. And we just wanted to make noise. And so I would get behind the drum kit and and play what. It it was fun. It felt good, you know. But it it was you know it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I I started to say I, I would love to have some of that stuff recorded, but it's probably better that there's it's not because it was really bad. But um, you know, so nothing serious, but. Uh, I think when I was, I guess, 2021, I sang in a band. Uh, I moved to Dallas with some guys, and um, I sang in a band for maybe, I don't know, maybe a year. Was this like 2000, 2001? Uh, Yeah, like 2000, 2001. Um, So I sang sang in that band for about a year. Okay, what kind of band was it? uh, Oh, man. Um, (laughs) I... I, I guess if I had to, if I had to put a label, maybe like just indie kind of, um, inspired by, inspired by doesn't mean it sounded like, uh, we were all like really big, um, Radiohead fans. Okay. Um, actually, at the time, I was listening to a lot of. I discovered a Dallas band called Dusu. Oh, if you remember them, yeah. I wow. was listening to Quick Bionic Arms a lot, and I was like really into that vocalist and what he was doing. So uh, again, I don't think we sounded like any of these bands I'm naming, but you know, Deucey, Radiohead, um, Kid A was really big. Then mm-hmm. we were listening to that a lot. Uh, Incubus, 
so was that so how what was your singer persona like like what was how did you write your lyrics what was that process like um and like how did you do stage how did you approach the stage i guess on st oh man it was bad <laughs> it was bad what'd you I, do I, I, I at the time i was a really big fan of as far as like if if there was a vocalist i wanted to be like or or yeah mimic or or, or you know like i really liked um a two come to mind actually chino marino all right from the deftones amazing front man so much charisma just he just looks so cool on stage yeah. you know so i you know i wanted to be like him yeah. you know him or, or brandon boyd okay from yeah. incubus yeah you know pretty boy with a, with a great voice <laughs> I mean, dude, he was he was yeah. amazing, you know, and 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 that was that time period. Mm -hmm. So that was what I was trying to do. I don't, you know, did that translate to what the the, the kind of music they were writing? Probably not, you know. Like it, so it it was fun. It was cool. What was the name of this band? Um, we so they used to be called. What were they called? We we changed our name to. Um, Oh my God! What was it? No, I can't even remember. <laughs> now that you ask, I can't remember. Um, oh my God! I I can't remember. We can come back to it. It'll yeah, I can't It'll remember. Come to you. Um, so okay, you did that for a year. You said yeah, about a year, and then I I I think either I quit or they kicked me out. I don't I don't remember. But um, and then I just moved back to Fort Worth, and that was the end of my singing career. I was like, I don't want to sing anymore. <laughs> And then I really didn't do anything as far as um, playing music for 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 a while after that. Um, still involved in the music scene. Um, a lot of my very good friends were were in um, bands actively over those years. And, okay. and do some name dropping, like who, uh, who were your buddies with in the in the mid two thousands that were doing so. Uh, Daniel McKay, uh, Matt Leslie, Brian Hoover, Travis Knight, Dwayne, uh, all all. The guys from what what then was called uh, Travell, yeah, uh, Dwayne Smith. You know Dwayne, Dwayne yeah. Smith. Um, so so you know them as Southern Train Gypsy mm -hmm. now. Uh, then um, they were in a band called Travell and and some other different projects that they would be in over the years. But so um, you know, hanging out with those guys a lot and just and, and so Travell mm -hmm. was was pretty big right they, they did touring they like oh yeah 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 they they, they toured um uh really big in the christian metal scene mm -hmm. okay um and uh but yeah yeah so they they um just a lot of shows a lot of a lot of friends and bands and things like that over the years and um who else who else is what crossover because i say this i guess then we can we can tag team i want to continue talking about your music career and process uh -huh. but at the same time like so let's start talking about the what is the dfw scene like and you can talk about travail travail being bigger than the scene actually going going on regional stuff right right um but like what do you so what was the at that time and yeah 2004 2005 what was what was what was it like so at that for me or or even when you were in the band yeah like, at that time for me um we were all really into and and I don't know why for some reason at that time locally and nationally I think that 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 Christian metal you know whatever you want to call it Christian rock Christian metal all that stuff was really popular I oh, mean yeah. there was a lot of uh it, it was a big thing then mm -hmm. and um and so there were a lot of really big touring acts that that were Part of that scene yeah oh, oh sleeper can oh we sleep. say it was part of the so oh, i think oh sleeper yeah they came a little bit later, later okay. but they did that's the scene they came from yeah okay. um shane shane's a very good friend of ours um uh shane from oh sleeper uh yeah so i mean and he was always at those shows with mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. all you know and um bands like um embodiment and I, I don't okay. know if you if you remember them uh, and that was, that was another big local like Fort Worth Dallas uh, band from that scene. Okay, um, where were these shows happening? So there used there was a few different places uh, here in Fort Worth. There was a club called Four One Two Club Four One Two. Was over in the City View Benbrook area. I've been there one time. Yeah, I don't remember what you're talking about. Yeah. So I oh that was every weekend, every weekend wow. we were there. Yeah, um, that you know we we were there every single weekend. A lot of really good shows. 
Um, what was what, describe the venue for those who never, you know, sweaty. <laughs> okay, sweaty, like insanely hot. <laughs> um, it was it was just a. Uh, I think if you know if you know the area I'm talking about, it's over off of 183 in the City View area, uh, like. Um, it's like what now is like Clear Fork, essentially, like just on the kind of other side, real like close. Where the, where the, yeah. where I think the trail it's a chair ends. connection now, or it was okay. for they, yeah, they, when, when it, they when it closed down, it was a chair connection. So it's in this like little strip mall, mm-hmm. is what it was, and they had um, they used this huge portion of it for for that club, and it was really cool, man. For for years, it was a really fun, cool place to be, and a lot of you know, like I said, a lot of good shows if you were into that scene. Mm-hmm. You know, which a lot of a lot of kids. So was that were. your primary scene, or were yes. you seeing other? No, videos? that okay. That was mainly it, as far as uh, I had ventured out to, and I was still kind of young at that time. But I, you know, we, there, you know, we would go to the door in Dallas, mm-hmm. the old, yeah, door, like off, down by off, Cafe Malcolm Brazil, X, like way yeah. down on the on the on the other end of the development, um, the door. Um, I remember going to shows. Uh, if we're you know talking about D Bellum, like Galaxy Club, yeah, places like yeah, that, yeah. Um, uh, D Bellum Live, places like that. Um, and then, so, so can we talk just real quick while we're mm-hmm, talking about mm-hmm. D Bellum? What was D Bellum like in two thousand five, two thousand six? Oh, um, it's very different sh- than it is now. Shithole. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. just. Uh, it, it was different. I was, but I was younger then too, mm-hmm. you know. So yes. yeah. I, I didn't know it for what I know, or, or how I know it now. You know, yeah. it, it was a lot different then. Um, uh, but it's just not as there was stuff over there, but it was uh, it wasn't a lot of stuff. No, you know, it wasn't. not like it is now. Like now, it's just crowded yeah. all the time, right? And it has been for a few years. No, That's, it was kind of dead then. Yeah. I mean, I think the way, and I was too young for this, but the way I understand it, like the ni- 99, 2000, it was bumping. Um, and then by the time it got to 05, 06, it kind of is when things started dying down. Um, and I remember that's kind of when we, when Raven Charter first started playing there, it was like around that time. Period. And then it and just was, died. And it just died. Yeah, we yeah. played Trees like three, two or three weeks before they shut down when they were closed for those few years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, and now it's just a very, very different sort of place, which is great. Um but there was stuff going on around down there. There's a few bands that I've seen at a few venues that were down there where they're just that were those venues only existed for like six months or something, you know, a year. You did have the venue like Curtain Club. It's always been yeah, that you one, know that was, was that was or was R. Right, R. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember, you know, seeing bands like at Curtain Club during that time, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Edgewater, the Nixons, yeah, you know, Nixon, bands like yeah. that, you yeah, know, yeah. At, at Curtain Club, and and those were some really really fun shows um but yeah um so okay so when did you start being in bands again or when did you start wanting to be in bands again what was that like um i guess maybe around oh man let's see i don't i Maybe 2008, okay. 2009, I guess, um, I decided I wanted to play drums again. And, and maybe it was earlier, maybe, maybe around like 2006. Okay. And um, I, 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 I remember just buying a, a drum kit off this guy I knew and um, was like, I'm going to just start a band. Yeah, I don't know how or, or like with who, but I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna start a band, and um, so I met um a guy that um just I, coincidentally I, I don't I don't even remember where I met him. I, I think I met him at a mall, which is weird because uh, <laughs> the the other two guys I will mention after this guy met at a mall. It was <laughs> it was you know so and that's how you start a band, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you got to go to the mall and recruit people. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like starting a cult. Yeah, but if you have to have the first, I want to start a band. That's the first step. Oracle. And then you do it. Oracle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go to the mall. Um. So I met a guy named Rob Navarrete. Um, you guys might know him from. Uh, he's a bass player for the Dangits. Um. 
but I, I met Rob and we just started hanging out and talking and we shared a lot of the same interest in music. And, um, so we uh, more or less just started hanging out more than anything. We didn't jam a whole lot. We really didn't have anywhere to, to play. I think we might've set the kid up in his house at the time and, and jammed a few times, but the cops would come and tell us the neighbors are complaining. So we would shut it down. And so I met another guy, um, named Scott, Scott White. Um, he, uh, he plays bass now, I believe with, uh, with dual, um, plays guitar, does vocals in deep red, I believe. Um, but met Scott. So he kind of joined, uh, the, I guess the band, uh, <laughs> whatever it was at the, at the time. And we all got a practice space and started jamming as a three piece, um, all instrumental, no vocals or anything like that. And then, um, and then I met another guy, uh, in the mall. Um, <laughs> which which mall was it? Was Northeast, it Northeast Northeast Mall, all yeah, Northeast, Northeast mall. mall. At the time, I was I was actually working. It, it it makes it. I was okay. working at the mall, okay. <laughs> but but still, they were all three. That's how I met them. So yeah. Um, and then the third person that would um round out that band it was Che Cuevas, um, and Che played with us in Huffer, obviously, mm -hmm. but before Huffer. We, uh, Rob, Scott, Che, and I were in a band called the Velia Shrine, uh, in which I played drums. And it was a, just an instrumental post-rock, post-metal, uh, kind of in the, in the vein of like, um, I don't know, Russian Circles, Isis, Neurosis, Kylesa, uh, you know, we could go on. But, you know, those were all big influences for us. But just uh, instrumental, doomy, low-tuning heavy yeah shitty music i mean it's just uh you know kind of um th that was really what i was into playing then and um so that uh, we did that for a couple of years and um and then we would we would break up and um take a short break and um or we all i guess we all decided to take short breaks and then uh I don't, I, I'm kind of lost on the timeline. I don't remember what year it was, mm -hmm. but, um, Che and I started talking again and just kind of hanging out, went to, you know, we'd go record shopping or talking about music or whatever. And, um, he came to me one day and was, uh, you know, we were just talking about, I, I think he was at the time he was listening to, um, revisiting like Siamese dream and some of those records from the nineties, like mm -hmm. those fuzzed out like mm -hmm. records, uh, like, like that, uh, from the nineties. And it's like, we should, we should write some music like this. I mean, cause he knew I was a big fan of that era mm -hmm. and then that, 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 that type of music. And it's just like, we should just mess around and start writing music. And, um, and that's how Huffer came about, which, um, Rob would be the first bass player in Huffer. And then mm -hmm. uh, obviously we, had a couple changes and uh and bass players <laughs> ending with you uh but um but so, that, okay that's really mm -hmm. interesting i didn't i didn't ever think about the full circle so scott was was there in the Vela shrine yep. before yep before che was that's right so, yeah che was the last member to join the Vela shrine he had he had just moved here from from indiana and i met him and he actually just approached me and was like, Hey man, do you know any cool venues or people that like to jam or that might want to jam? I play guitar. Um, do you like metal? Just, you know, just yeah. started talking about shooting the shit about music yeah. and, and things like that. And, um, I was like, yeah, man, I mean, yeah. you, at the very least just come hang out with us, yeah. you know? And, but, but if you play guitar, bring your guitar and yeah. I don't know, who knows, you know? I remember you playing, I believe Raven Charter <coughs> played with you guys, played with Valia Shrine at Lola's like early, early on when Lola's was I a think thing. So like I moved back to Fort Worth in 2010. Uh, and so that's when I started playing with Jefferson Colby and kind of um, started playing at Lola's like kind of through them. Yeah. And started getting Raven Charter. Uh, occasion Raven Charter, not very often, but maybe like once or twice a year would come down to Fort Worth and would often play there. Um, and I think you guys opened a show. I remember, I remember seeing y'all's name a lot. 
Salud. And uh, then when Huffer was a thing, like I saw you guys all the time. Um, and that's when I was like, a lot of that footage is like on the YouTube channel. When I was back then, I was trying to just shoot a bunch of shows and put them on YouTube. Yeah, a lot of the Huffer stuff, I think I think you yeah. shot it. I, I, I always remember you being at shows with a camera and... and which I appreciated that. Yeah, that was for awesome. sure. I think the first time I saw you guys was at, I can't remember the name. Was it Fuzzed Out Fest that Dwayne did? At the Grotto. At the Grotto. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. so they had like the indoor stage and the outdoor stage. Yeah. And I remember seeing you guys on the outdoor stage during the day. Oh my God. Um, I remember that show. Yeah. It was miserable. I, think I mean, it was a great it was show. Hot. Yeah. yeah, it was very hot. That was a great day. I, we had a good time and, and we were thankful to be at that show. But like, I remember... It was super hot. I was drinking a lot as we did then. And um, I remember being on that drum riser and the drum riser back yeah. up to the back of that platform. Yeah. And the whole show, I think just thinking like I'm sweating. I'm, I you know, I'm off I, I really <laughs> felt like I was going to fall the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I just closed my eyes and I was like, well, I hope I don't fall. But if I, if I do, maybe people will remember the show. Yeah. <laughs> but y'all sounded good. And I was like, oh, this band's fucking cool. And, you know, then a couple years down the road, after seeing y'all a lot more and kind of getting to know y'all better. Uh, and we played with you guys. Yeah. yeah Raven started yeah. and Huffer started playing mm -hmm. shows. And Was the Foo after I was with Huffer or before? I think the Foo might have been before. I I don't remember. I think, I I think so, so. I think if I remember correctly, because Che hit me up for a while. <laughs> what were you going to say? I think it was before. I think it was. You want me to tell you how the foo started? <laughs> or th this is how I see it. Is sure, yeah, okay. I'd love to, yeah. So Panther City Pep Rally, yeah. So for those that don't know, Panther City Pep Rally was a show that was um, put together annually uh, by Marshall, by Marshall, um, um, Marshall Martinez, and it was a show uh, where all you know, all of our friends, local local bands and stuff, would collaborate and do cover sets. Yeah, uh, they were awesome. Yeah, and they were, yeah. They were so they were, How many were they there? Were, five or something? I think four. Yeah, four or five, something like that. Well, one of those years, we had decided to do hum. I had talked oh, them wow. into doing hum. I was like, yes, we should. I want to do this so bad. And um, I don't know what happened, but I, I really don't know what happened. I, I think it was just laziness and not having a, a lot of extra time to do it. But um, for whatever reason, I think I was like, you know what? Because I, I think Che had said, hey, man, if we're not going to do this, we need to start thinking about what we are going to do or yeah. like or if you're if you don't want to do it, we still want to do something and we'll get somebody else to play drums on it. And uh, so I think he's he was like. Well, let's do Foo Fighters or something. I, I don't know. And it started mm -hmm. learn, learning Foo Fighter songs. And uh, so I pretty sure that's how that started gotcha that it, it came from that you know like and that was the first foo show was that was at the pep rally. Pep rally. who played bass on that one was it nick whitwer i i don't know i don't remember who played bass on that one i don't remember um, but yeah like and so che che had been hitting me up for a while like i'm trying to think so like during this time I'm living in Fort Worth, but like Raven Charter still a Dallas band, and we're still we're still pretty active at that point. Most of my time is spent doing that, but I'm having fun playing shows. I wasn't playing with Jefferson Colby anymore. That was like 2010 to 2012. We did a couple albums together with the Matt, Matt Mabe and Danny Mabe. Um, and then after that, like I started doing the cover stuff, starting with with Ben Napier doing the Bogus Green. So I think we played that. It might it, it was either the Pep Rally or a Lola's Palooza. I don't remember which one it was, but it was uh, Ben Napier was doing a bogus green day show. And so like that, that they was... did play the first, I do remember bogus green playing the first pep rally. Okay. It so I'm been sure that. I think it was, it might've been yeah. that. Um, I have, I have pictures from it that Casey Dane took mm -hmm. from that, from that gig. It's actually up in my classroom. Um, but so that, so that's kind of like how I started doing the cover stuff because of that. I was like, Oh sweet. This was, this is fun. And then Che kind of hit me up and like, I don't, I, I remember it being over, over a period of time. Like just kind of what didn't immediately ask me to start playing, but then like down the road was like, "Hey, would you be interested in playing playing bass in the Foo?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's cool. That would be fun." Um, and then after doing that for like six months, he was like, "So hey, uh, you want to play bass for Huff or two?" <laughs> and, and I felt uh, it was I just I just 
I felt like it was calculated or whatever. Like when when he was talking about it, which I just thought was funny. Like I was down, obviously, because fuck fucking play bass with you guys. Uh, but it was just funny. I just Che Che's funny, man. Um, it will. I think I think there's some truth to that. I think that it was calculated to some, you know, to some, you know, I I think I remember at the time you being like really you were pretty busy though with yeah. other with other things and and with school and things like that. And um, but. Yeah, we had we had talked about it for a while, and 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 um, but it, I, you know, it worked out that you could that yeah. you could. That, that was fun. I loved playing with it. you guys. Like, had so much fun doing that. It was a blast. Yeah. But, okay, so what is your process of of writing music? Like, how does that how does that come to you? Oh man, because so, um, you're wanting to do stuff now, right? Like, we're gonna continue yeah. to. Um, I. So sometimes it gets a little frustrating uh, because I'll I have so many ideas and and I have so many uh, you know so many different things that that I think would be fun to do or that that I've wanted to do you know for some time or or you know just all these ideas in my head and and it's hard to really be. I guess discipline enough to just say, okay, I, I, you know, to narrow it down to maybe one or two or, or just, you know, narrow it down to something where I can go, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I always like one day I might be like, man, I really want to do this um, or this style or this type of music. And, and, um, and then the next day I'm like, oh, but I want to do this too. Uh, maybe I'll do both, and then um, and then something else will come along. I'm like, wait, wait, wait! I can't do all this. You know, I can't. It's too much. Um, but you know, I usually do have, uh, or I have, you know, most recently had one thing that has been a consistent like. Just there has been some some material that I that I have in my in my head or in my mind that I've wanted to to get out and 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 right and um if i had to explain it uh probably going back to more of those like post-rock um atmospheric type you know sounds and 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 soundscapes and things like that so are Um, you hearing like like a finished product in your head like are you hearing all the stuff and it's just a matter of communicating that are you hearing like to some extent different parts or something uh to some extent i hear like finished product you know uh, i guess it's more of an idea of an overall mood okay i guess or 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 sound okay um you know and and when i'm thinking about it you know i'm uh, you know i i'm i i guess i'm go back it goes back to like you know those influences that i've mentioned like hum mm. that just that really big uh guitar driven just just full open atmospheric you know driving guitars and and spacey sounds you know kind of like that that heavy dreamy heavy slash dreamy sound okay um and and i've always really really loved that that type of music and and that that feeling that you get from 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 that type of music and so you know, I I would love to do something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know there are some some little things as far as when you're talking about the pro the writing process. Yeah, I I've got some like drum ideas in my head. I have some guitar ideas in my head, some mm-hmm. vocal ideas, but I'm not a guitarist. I'm not a vocalist. You know, so it's hard for me to articulate this articulate those things to you know to someone else um you know being that i can't like sit down with a guitar and say this is what i want you know but um so i i explain it the best way i can i guess to whoever i'm writing with um you know but um i mean i i don't know it's it's been it's been hard because over the past you know year and a half or so yeah we haven't been able to do anything you know yeah. there's no um it, it just we weren't able to to 
get together and jam and and write and even even get, just get together and listen to music together yeah. and and talk about all those things and um it's just been really weird um yeah and from a from a from a you know not being able to go to shows because you go to these you know you go to shows and you're like and this really makes me want to go practice or this yeah. makes me want to go jam or it, it gives you ideas and it yeah it, it inspires you it's it's inspiration yeah and for sure and then but without that for a year and a half you don't yeah. it's hard to get motivated and it's hard to um you i guess unless you're really disciplined um you really you're less creative yeah and you, that, and you need to be around other people who are inspiring too, exactly like-minded people and that's the the whole thing about the show is like being in a physical space with people that are you know thinking and feeling the same things that you are like i really really wanted to go <laughs> to lola's on saturday i did too i, did too. I, I wanted to go so bad for the grand reopening of, of the saloon uh, i had family stuff i was i didn't even get back in town till like 11 and we didn't feed the dogs and so it was just like i had to come home but yeah, that was like, to me, like, that's what we've been missing. And from based on all the pictures and videos that I've seen from the show, I'm like, yeah, that looked like it was fucking fantastic. Yeah. I, um, I really wanted to go to, I, I've been battling a, a sinus infection and mm -hmm. uh, some just really bad allergies right now. So I, that was one of the reasons I didn't go. But the other reason, as many of you know, is it's sold out, yeah. which is amazing. I yeah. Mean, it, you they know, said they were doing, you could watch the inside show from the outside patio for free. Huh. Which I was like, oh, that's awesome. That is cool. I thought about if I had, had I gotten home early enough, like going and doing that. Um, and I believe uh, the Royal Suns guys, or it was Chad that was putting it out. I don't know who exactly is facilitating it or what the deal is, but like they set up a live stream. And I don't know if it's a live stream system for just for Royal Suns shows or if it's for Lola's or if it's some partnership. I'm not exactly sure. But they were like, hey, if you can't come to the show, you can watch it on this link. That's really cool. Yeah. And so I would have done that, too, had I if it was just I mean, I guess I could have. I, I didn't came know home, that. Yeah. But I didn't yeah. Know that either. Like, yeah, we got I got him so late. It's just it was just I'm just going to like fuck it. But yeah, definitely. Next time there's a huge thing like that. And I'm mean, just I don't know. Soon, not over the summer. Now that, now that I'm not having to, to have more free time over the summer. Uh, yeah. But th that type of stuff, man. And so, like, uh, I guess before we wrap up and stuff like what of the fort worth scene and or dallas or any you know scene what was like your favorite parts of it or what is what is it that you think is valuable in it that you saw playing in shows with hover um or what's your favorite part you know what what jumps out to you what what if, when someone asks you what's the fort worth scene like like what do you based on your experience and so i feel like you know we've been uh i feel like i've answered this before so many times too and i'll say the same thing every time the first thing that that comes to mind is just the the camaraderie and the the um, i guess the sense of like family maybe yeah. maybe that's the right way to explain it i don't i don't know it it's not it's not competitive yeah here uh like it is in some other scenes uh so i've heard but um everyone is everyone gets excited about everyone else's music and they yeah. come out to support their friends bands and, and um, it, it's more of a, I don't know. It, it's, um, it, it's very, I don't know what the, what's, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, like close knit or yeah like, yeah and everybody wants to help each other yeah right and it just it's um it's it's a it's just a party i mean it, it's yeah. a it's a very good uh, it, it's a very positive atmosphere to be in um and it's there's so many different types of bands doing different things um but everybody seems to 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 get along and and enjoy each other's music and so there's a lot of it which there ends up being like a lot of eclectic bills yeah you know uh bands playing together that maybe wouldn't normally play together in, in yeah. other scenes and so that ends up being pretty cool um but um i don't know i mean i, I just I, I think that it's cool to see that there's so many people in the scene that have been friends for so long and um 
it's um you I think inevitably you you end up seeing a lot of you know people from one band will be in you know another band a year yeah. later and you all end up playing music together at some point yeah uh which is which is it's it's cool it's 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 uh it's a good time there's a lot of interconnectivity yeah and that's kind of like that's kind of why i want to have these conversations because everybody everybody sees that a slightly different perspective it's all the same shared experience right but like everyone interprets that in our in our own ways and so i'm glad to hear That's you it. say that it's not competitive because i i kind of feel that way too but i don't know if everybody agrees with that or if everybody feels that way i think some people maybe do feel there is a little bit of competition or a little bit of elitism um and i think that's in any music scene i don't think that's something that's unique to fort worth but i don't think fort worth is really like that like I, I agree with more with your assessment that like no it really is more of a family it really is more of like a buddy buddy everyone's here to help everybody support everybody it really doesn't have like this cutthroat vibe that I that I've heard, that I have experienced in Dallas yeah, yeah. Uh, and that I've heard about in places like Nashville or or New York or whatever yeah um or L A or places yeah or like L A exactly yeah, it's, it's not toxic right you know right and even if just going back to what you just said a moment ago even if there was there 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 were a little competition um, or, or feelings of competition or things like that. May, uh, there might be, you know, when people are just sitting around like we are talking about sure. music. But once you get out to the shows and everybody's hanging out, yeah. it's not like that. Yeah, you're right. The attitude is totally, uh, the, that that vibe and that that attitude is totally one of, of it's, it's positive. It, yeah. It's positive and it's supportive it's supportive and and fun yeah you know it's not yeah there's no it's not tension and 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 um yeah you know i mean some of the best shows i think are those i don't i don't know if festival's the right word but like the pep rallies and the lolo's paloozas where they're like these day long even like the fort worth weekly awards showcases mm -hmm. and stuff where it's like you have all of these bands that it's all everybody who knows everybody and a lot of times you know we do the gigging musicians especially do get to go out and see shows but a lot of times we're playing shows at the same time that somebody else is playing a show right you yeah know, you're missing your friend's or, band exactly yeah. yeah and so there's a lot of that where sometimes the only times we get to see each other is at those types of places where we're, oh we're, we're all playing the same gig because there's 14 bands on the bill or whatever yeah you know uh and and i, I miss those I don't, I don't and maybe this is just a bias being a fort worth thing but i feel like there's not that many of those in, like i don't remember there being that many of those in dallas or even really in denton when i was spending time up there like there wasn't a lot of kind of like what you're talking about like mixed bill type thing where like in uh, this i guess in this sense with the the pep rally it's cover stuff but it doesn't have to be under that pretense right it's still the same yeah you know people mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know i just uh i i, I like it here a lot and so certainly want to you know talk talk about it <laughs> so i appreciate you coming in here Jeremy, absolutely i've enjoyed it thanks for thanks for talking with absolutely me. cheers all right so that was uh my conversation with jeremy nelson i hope you enjoyed it here in just a moment i'm going to play you guys a song titled starting over uh that che had written that we were Playing live, we played it live a few times um, before we ended up splitting apart. And we recorded this at Fort Worth Sound with Bart Rose. It was a pre-production for the record that we were going to record. We never got around to doing vocals, unfortunately. We just went, went in for this one session and we never went back to do overdubs. So what? So here is the instrumental version, uh, which is unavailable anywhere else, uh, of Huffer's Starting Over. Enjoy. <laughs> 